Hi, this is Erin James Brown. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I serve as the interim site pastor at Urban Village Church, Edgewater. Urban Village Church does bold, inclusive, and relevant ministry for people who were traumatized by church, people who feel overchurched, and even the non-churched folks. If you identify with any of these signifiers, we're so glad you're listening. Would you consider helping us continue this Jesus-loving ministry in and across Chicago and over the internet? You can make a generous recurring gift by going to our website, urbanvillagechurch.org backslash give. And thanks for helping us with your ears, actions, and dollars to build up God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And now, here's the latest sermon. Matt, uh, my pronouns are he, him, uh, and I'll be reading your scripture this morning. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again, and his disciples heard him say it. In the morning, they went along. They saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you curse has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says this to a mountain, mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt it in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. The word of God for the people of God. Good morning, everyone. My name is Paul Ortiz. My pronouns are he, him, el. And it is wonderful to be with you today. Um, Just really grateful to join my voice with so many voices up here. And please join me in a quick word of prayer. Holy One, thank you for gathering us together once again and forming us into a community. Now as I join my voice with the many voices, I ask that we would continue to hear your voice and you. Speak to us, God, we ask in your name. Amen. So I grew up in the church. During my youth group years, I was in a youth group. And every year in this small youth group that I went to, we would travel two hours south from the small town in California that I grew up in to to Los Angeles. And we would go to the Mighty Duck Arena, which was known as the Pond back then. And there was a very big worship gathering with all these youth that would come from around the state, I think, or country, I don't know. And while even back then I found the worship to be kind of cheesy, it was still really meaningful to me. Like, I would connect with God in a powerful way. I would have this mountaintop experience. And it was good. I mean, I legitimately think that Christ spoke to me then and formed me. And I would look forward to this event. However, one year was different. As we pulled up in our van um, to join this large event, I remember seeing some people outside the stadium, and they were holding signs. And they didn't look too happy. And as we were walking into this event, I noticed that they were protesters, protesting the very event I was going into to worship. 
And my youth pastor at the time, I remember him saying dismissively, oh, don't pay attention to those guys. But I did. I, I glimpsed at what they were saying, and they were holding signs that said that, and I'm not going to name the event, but they said that it leads to death, basically. Um, they were protesting how some of the, the rhetoric that was coming from this event, without me realizing it, apparently was hurting others. I'm talking about how it felt, made other people feel excluded, particularly people, uh, LGBTQ folks, and how it promoted conversion therapy. And I, I didn't even know what that was. I'd never heard of that. And back then, I didn't have like a cell phone where I could look up anything and do research. That was before that time. So it really wasn't until later that I started researching what did those protesters were talking about. However, when I saw those signs and, and kind of pointing out that this event that brought me life and helped people connect with God, mixed in there was also this harmful practices and beliefs. It really like weighed on me. And I tried to listen to my youth pastor and not pay attention to it. I tried to, you know, let's worship, raise my hands, get, get on fire. Acquire the fire. <laughs> I just gave away what it is. <laughs> um, but um, I couldn't do it. It was just different for me. I couldn't get in the mood. I couldn't connect with God. It's like God wasn't even there anymore, even though God was still there for all the people next to me. And I tried really hard because, again, I had been looking forward to this throughout the year. But that thing that produced life, that fed me spiritually, no longer produced those fruits for me. And it actually pushed me into a dry spirit in my spiritual, or a dry patch in my spirituality, where I hungered to connect with God, and eventually led me to connect with God in a different, new ways. So, but it, it all began with that like experience where I couldn't connect with God anymore. In today's scripture reading, we find kind of a bizarre story. Jesus sees from afar this tree, this, this other entity that's supposed to produce food, right? And it doesn't. Even though the text tells us it actually wasn't season of figs, but Jesus still gets seemingly pissed off at this tree. <laughs> um, you know, and it's kind of a weird story. Jesus sees the, the, the tree, it looks green from afar, maybe there's food on there. And he goes to it and there's nothing. And he's like, ah, may no one ever eat from you again. And, I, and at first, it's kind of weird, but I mean, I kind of relate to it, surprisingly. Like, or it kind of made me think of a lot of times when maybe you've had this experience where you're driving home from a party late at night, and it's all dark out there, but then you see these like glowing uh, arches in the distance, you know, and you're like, oh, sweet, I'm just going to swing by and pick up some food on the way home. This is perfect. I'm hungry. Just a couple bucks. And as you pull up to drive through, to your disappointment, you see it's not one of those 24-hour establishments. They close a half hour ago at midnight. You curse at it, and you drive off, you know? <laughs> so, and I get it, Jesus. You know, he's hangry, right? Like, who hasn't been there? However, I think there's more going on here, and there's a few biblical commentators who think there might be more going on, too. Um, interestingly, Mark's gospel is the only one that has this story around the Jesus turning over the tables at the temple. You um, might have not noticed, but when Matt read for us the scripture today, there was a big gap in what he read. We intentionally skipped a part. Jesus, um, the way it goes, the disciples come in they, with Jesus. They see this tree. Jesus gets disappointed, curses at the tree. Then they go into the temple. And so that's that middle part that we skipped today. 
Jesus goes into the temple and he sees that the place where the Gentiles were, it was supposed to be a place to include Gentiles in God's worship, has now been overrun by thieves, by crooks, right, as he calls them. A place that was supposed to be for inclusion of God's people has become a place of exploitation of the poor. So Jesus begins to overturn the tables and say, you know, this will be a house of God for all peoples. He proclaims this. It's a protest. It's a, it's a demonstration. And then as they leave the next morning, the, you know, after that event, that's when they're leaving, they pass by the same tree again, at, at least according to Mark's gospel. He likes to tell it like this. And then um, Peter sees the tree. He's like, hey, there's that tree that you cursed at yesterday, Jesus. Like, look at it. It's withered all the way to its roots now. You know, before it was green. Now it's been exposed for what it is. It doesn't produce fruit. And so commentators uh, suggest that maybe this weird story of Jesus in this gospel that's bookending Jesus' overturning of tables is actually a parable. You may be familiar that Jesus often told a lot of parables in the gospels. He liked to say a lot of um, agricultural parables about trees and stuff to make deeper meanings, right? Like the point wasn't the, the tree, but what's going on, the reflection about God in the world. And so maybe, some people suggest, maybe Matthew was presenting kind of a parable as well, or Mark, sorry, we're in Mark's gospel. Mark was presenting a parable, like a story of Jesus, an allegory, which represents the temple. You see, from afar, the temple looked like a place of God's inclusion, looked like a place of God's love and mercy for all peoples. From afar, the religiosity seemed to say God's love, yet when You approach it as a place of exploitation, of exclusion. It is not bearing the fruits that it was called to bear. And so Jesus tells to the temple and to the fig tree, may no one eat from you again. It is Jesus' judgment against the temple, right? He's speaking sternly against it. So I think that's kind of a neat way to think about that tree analogy. And that's almost the only thing I could do with that right now. I, um, and I love the story of Jesus turning over a temple or the, the tables. It's interesting. It actually comes out in all four of the Gospels, which is kind of a big deal. Like the story of the birth of Jesus doesn't even come out in all four Gospels. And we've made a major holiday about that one, right? But we have, like, it's interesting how all the Gospels feel it's really important, this thing that the fig tree is pointing to. Like I wish... Jesus' followers paid more attention to the turning of the table like story, right? Maybe we should make a holiday about that one, like turning table day, where we would block traffic in front of a detention center or something and proclaim that this nation should be a, a nation of prayer and acceptance for all peoples, right? In Jesus style. But we don't. But, uh, <laughs> but we should. Thanks for clapping, but it kind of took me out. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but it was good. Yes, yes. Um, so, yes, this is what Jesus is leading to. This is what the fig tree is pointing us to today. And, friends, I feel like I need that in my life. I need Jesus sometimes to step in and overturn the tables that I've become so accustomed to. The tables that I feel like if, if they were overturned, like I would literally die or I could no longer connect with God, right? Because I've become so dependent on certain beliefs or certain rituals, as important, as beautiful as they are, 
Sometimes we need Jesus to come in and turn them upside down. And that's hard. Sometimes that leads us into a spiritual dryness because when the figs, when they're not there anymore for us, we become hungry. And yet that hunger could lead us to new things. It could lead us to new life. We are a people who believe in the resurrection. I mean, if we believe that new life comes after death, it's okay for old things to die sometimes in order for them to be birthed anew. It's okay to question the way we do church, the things we might believe in, even still today. Often as people who care about justice, or at least for me, I find that the very sexism and racism and heterosexism and homophobia that I protest systemically out there lurk in my own heart. And I need Jesus to overturn those tables, the way I speak, the way I relate to others, when I don't even think about it. And it's jarring sometimes. And yet Jesus continues to come and disrupt, pull us forward into something good. Maybe you have experienced a loss, a spiritual crisis like I did before, and I've actually experienced quite a few through my life. Um, maybe you're experiencing that now, this dry sp- period. Um, maybe you feel like God has even left. I have felt that before. But please know, like, Jesus doesn't abandon us in those cases. Rather, Jesus enters into our lives and overturns table in order for us to be hungry, to search for a new way of doing table, one that is closer to God's loving inclusion and justice for the world. As I reflected on this strange story of Jesus being angry at a fig tree uh, this week, it made me think of another story, actually, much later in church history. Uh, There's a person named St. Francis of Assisi, whom some of you may have heard of. He's known to love animals. Um, He did a lot more than just that. There was one case where he was disillusioned. He actually talked about this a few times, or at least the legends about him. He was talking about feeling like he needed to connect with God. And so he, it's middle of winter, and he does a very weird St. Francis of Assisi thing. He goes out into the wilderness, and he starts to talk to nature. And he goes to an almond tree. And of course, it's winter, so the almond tree is barren. And in his desperation of wanting to connect with God again and feel God, he talks to the tree and says, speak to me of God. And as he does that, he has his vision, and he just sees the tree bloom before his eyes, and it's, it becomes spring all of a sudden, just the tree alone. And he sees God's glory in that tree. And I love thinking of these two stories together. I think in our lives, we need both the fig tree that dies and the almond tree that resurrects. And I think that is the Christian spiritual life, at least for me. I used to think back in my youth group days that it was really about being a fire for God and it was always like this linear kind of line where you continue to learn and grow and grow in Jesus, never doubt, never question anything. Instead, I have found that it's more of a cyclical, like ongoing, like losing God and finding God again, playing hide and seek almost, which continues to bring us deeper and deeper into God, into connection with others. It often looks like losing what I thought was super like, crucial to me and to God and actually finding that God is even beyond those things. And so, friends, may we um, continue to be open and embrace this Jesus who does step in sometimes and overturn our tables, who steps in and confronts systems and says, may no one ever eat from you again and leads us to better ones, to better ways of being. May we be open to this Jesus that sometimes disrupts.
Amen.